tickets to the Big Finish sales event going on now at Bettenhausen Jeep on 159th Street in Tinley Park. Bettenhausen has hundreds of new Jeeps to choose from, including the all-new 2022 Jeep Wagoneer and Grand Wagoneer. Your best Jeep buying experience starts now at BettenhausenCDJR.com. The Hockey Show. On Chicago's Home for Sports. ESPN 1000. 100.3 HD2. And the ESPN Chicago app. Ready for the power play? Here are your hosts, Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. How are you doing this morning, Brian? I'm doing much better than the Blackhawks offense uh, the other night. So um, it's kind of been the mo this season. Little uh, the the league is having a major uptick in offense. We had the the highest scoring weekend in the history of the National whoa. Hockey League last weekend, and uh, six shots. Not, not exactly translating <laughs> here in Chicago. Count them six, oh. not seven. We got one week left in this season, so we're going to begin to kind of wind things down and zoom out and take some some uh, big picture looks at this franchise and. We're going to have Eddie Olchek coming up uh, at the bottom of the hour. We'll get his thoughts not only on the direction the Hawks are taking, what has transpired this season. Also get his thoughts on uh, who he likes in the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs. And and also his thoughts on the passing of uh, of Guy Lafleur, who died Ooh, on Sunday. Man. What a, or Saturday, or Friday, I should say. What a week with uh, Mike Bossy uh, passing away earlier in the week. So uh, a couple of hockey icons I mean, that's when I became aware of hockey. Yes. That the great Montreal Canadiens teams and uh, Rocket Richard and, and Guy Lafleur and Sean Larry Benavol. Robinson. Yeah. I mean, it just, it, the, you know, I thought Montreal was like half a world away. Right. Because I was 10 years old or whatever it was. But I mean, it's just the, the Edmonton Oilers of the 80s. Well, the, the Canadians of the early 70s or something else. Before there was the Michigan lacrosse goal that Mike Legg started, and now everybody, Trevor Zegers and everybody, we see it like on a, on a weekly basis. Saw a seven-year-old do it last week. We had oh. it in the pregame show. No, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Seven years old. Um, I remember watching a hockey night in Canada Montreal game. Guy Lafleur, no helmet, obviously, walking around, skating with that great flow. He took his stick, okay, and he went toe of the, the blade of the stick down so that he was pressing on the puck. Now, I remember it was a fresh sheet of ice. It was early in a period. And so he's going down during a game. I'd never seen this before. Like, I, you know, I was like seven, eight, sure, whatever man. I was. And, you know, I just started playing hockey. Sure as anything, what what was every kid trying to do in the weeks following Guy Lafleur doing that? We were all trying to do the same thing. It's unbelievable. And just I, again, it just it, it is an image that popped into my mind. I was texting with Dennis Savard, who said, by the way, that he was his hockey idol, oh, Guy absolutely. Lafleur, yeah. growing up in Montreal. You can only imagine. I, that- me- I remember, you know, when when the Hawks obviously weren't on home TV back in the day. As a twelve-year-old, thirteen-year-old, whatever, that when the when the Hawks were playing the Canadians in the playoffs, and you're trying to get a Milwaukee TV station with the bunny ears and trying to see through the snow, you think you see something. I mean, you're just dying for anything that smacked of playoff hockey between those two great teams. So more on on the passing of uh, Guy Lafleur when uh, Eddie O joins us in just a bit. Uh, what are you taking away from this team as they finish up this this tumultuous season? It, and there were some things that popped into mind this week. And it was great to see Alex Dabrinkit get, you know, his his 40th goal. And 
while we're on that topic, why don't we just sit back and enjoy the cat? Here's the Brinkett. Kane shot save from Malka. Kane again. The Brinkett scores! Hawks win in overtime. Number 40 for the cat. And it's a game winner. That was Chris Foster's on the call on NBC Sports Chicago the other night. He confirmed to us this year to Brinkett. That he is an elite goal scorer. Second time now in his career that he has reached 40. Last year in the pandemic shortened year, the 65 gamer, he had 32. Yeah. So he was on pace for for like a 50 goal type season last year. This guy is an elite player. We've talked about it now for a year plus on this show. You called him a superstar midseason. You're right. right. I mean, he's not a superstar in the making. He is legitimately when you get to the 40 goal mark a couple times in three years you know you you've made your presence known in this league the, especially in an offensively challenged team absolutely. where you know you're trying you come in saying okay game plan 88 game That's plan it. 12 and anyone else and wants to be else, me, good go luck. ahead yeah right so what do you do i mean when you start looking at you know how do you value him the cash register rang in a big way with gold number 40 and uh, you have to go to him at some point this summer i would think you're not letting him go into the walk season and and then start talking to him. I, mean, I you would not get, want to do that. No, no. you got to tie him up, right? You got to make sure that whatever this rebuild looks like in in terms of a timeline, uh, this guy is going to be a big part of it. If and when you're going to be ready to compete for a Stanley Cup again, Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, Alex DeBrinket all enter the final year of their contracts next season. The team can begin to extend uh, and make offers in July. You would assume that that's where you would start. But I have a feeling Alex is going to turn to his good friend Patrick Kane and say, okay, where are you at? Because in a lot of ways, Alex's 40 goals are directly tied. No, I'm not saying he wouldn't have a prolific career without Patrick Kane, but let's be honest, folks. Who's been setting the table? And those, the 40th goal, one of those deft, in tight type passes, two defenders, sticks in lane, little sauce to the backside, and, and, he pots his 40th i mean more times than not there were fantastic uh setups to some of these goals that that to break it now look he had a lot on the one-timers uh on the power play but i think he's going to ask patrick and, and that's the one question mark i have because i go back to when we asked him in a press conference situation a month plus ago and he said, do you see yourself finishing your career here in Chicago? And he paused and he said, I think so. And then he went on and gave a real kind of covering all bases touched answer, yeah, touched yeah. them all. But it was that initial response, which I thought was probably the most accurate or truthful response. It wasn't got, automatic. No, it wasn't it was like, to me for the first here. time I was yeah. like, he could leave. Right. Like, it's not what you and I think is, you know, a storybook career. You you begin with the Blackhawks and you end and, and the sta- – I mean, that all sounds good. And, and we are talking heads here in a studio at ESPN 1000 and can, and can say that. But he's the guy living the life. And if he says to himself at age 34, I – I'm not in for a five-year rebuild. Right. I don't want to be 38 trying to figure out if I'm going to win a cup. Uh, So only Patrick can answer that question. And I think part of 
the appetite for Debrinket to get an extension with Chicago is somewhat tied to what 88 wants to do. So you think Alex Debrinket, instead of inheriting the mantle of being the star of the team, superstar of the team, if Kane and Taves certainly moved on, and, and Jonathan Taves has been much more um, straightforward in terms of about frustration and, and at least allowing the conversation sounds more and more like he's going to have a conversation that wouldn't shock anybody if he was wearing a different sweater if he told uh, Kyle Davidson he thinks it's best time to move on. Alex Dabrinkit could own the team and the United Center such as it's going to be in the next three years and rebuild. Or, hey, I'm a 40-goal scorer, and I would look great on a second or third line for a contending team who actually might win a cup or two in the next three or four years. Well, then the other thing you got to factor in is the salary cap. And, you know, Alex is going to command north of $9 million a year. Probably somewhere between nine and ten, might even be a skosh over ten million a year. Now, if said team is in Stanley Cup contention, they probably already have one or two yep. players right. that are making, let's say, eight million plus. So it's not exactly the easiest thing to find. Like, just ask the Vegas Golden Knights who wanted to add but couldn't because they were you know, in cap hell, so to speak. That's why the Brandon Hagel deal to Tampa, a, a a true wagon of a team going for their third straight Stanley Cup, that's why you gave up two number ones for Brandon Hagel because he had such a cap-friendly contract at $1.5 million over the next few years. Yeah, so with Alex Dabrinkit, you know, what what do you do? I mean, because are you trying to sell tickets next year? Well, you always are trying to yeah, sell tickets. Right? I mean, I mean yeah, we were fifth in the league, I believe, this, this past year. Now, I don't know how accurate those things are sometimes when, you know, we say there's 18,000. I was at pretty much every home game. I was impressed with the attendance Absolutely. there. Absolutely. For- now, I'm not saying... They're at the same prices that they that they say they were on the ticket or that some season ticket holders. And that's why they announced this week they have a new season ticket program. They listened to the fan. The fans said the tickets were too high. They did the math and agreed. You don't have to buy the preseason tickets anymore. I mean, what, 75, 80% of tickets are coming down in price? O- over 80%. Yeah. 93% are either, I think it's... 87% are, are coming down. 9% are staying flat. So, you know, you got a modest percentage that is even seeing any type of increase. See, the worst place you can be is, is trying to do a rebuild, kind of like what Stan Bowman did every right, other year. Right. Is, is trying to keep enough stars around to keep it interesting, but then, no, we're going for the playoffs. We're not going for the playoffs. I don't know that if you keep Kane and, and, and Alex Dabrinkit that you still give the fans something interesting to watch when they're on the ice, but I still think that your rebuild can move forward because two guys do not a hockey team make, right? I mean, you still don't know what the goaltending is going to look like, but it's not going to be Marc-Andre Fleury no. or any version uh, that's come close to that. So I think it, it will be interesting. I see your point that they could be tied at the hip. And the other thing is, you know, you're going to have this influx of younger players, and you're... This is the tough part about a rebuild because, you know, next next draft, not the upcoming draft, but the next year's draft has got two three two to three players that are quote-unquote, you know, franchise-changing players. Bedard being one of them. There's a Russian in there. And they, you know, part of you wants to tank a little bit. Like, you'd be okay if... 
Lankinen or Delia was part of your goalie mix and things didn't go great. But I, I was talking with Charlie Romeliotis the other day on a podcast and I was like, you know, but what about like the Ian Mitchells and the uh, Regulas and these Vlasic, different, yeah. you know, Alex Vlasic. And they're getting their first taste of the National Hockey League. And every night they're getting run out of the rink. 6-2. This like, uh, y- y- you got to create an environment that is a productive environment, too. And, you know, again, this is where we can say in our little room over here, oh, just tank, put... Put you know it's a long season. I've covered anybody. A lot. Put a beer league yeah. goalie in. No, there. I, I've no, covered no. a lot of hockey teams and you know baseball teams where if you know you're out of it and you're not even interested two months into the season, that season seems like it's ten years long, right? So, yeah. So what are you taking away from this tumultuous Blackhawks season? And we're going to look at the unrestricted free agents and the restricted free agents that are coming up this summer. We're going to play the game. Bring them back. Or let him go. That's coming up next. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The ESPN 1000 Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is Chicago's home for sports. The Hockey Show presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley host Chicago's only show dedicated to hockey fans. Listen on the ESPN Chicago app, on the FM 100.3 HD2, and on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. To bring it, strip to the puck. And taken by Blake Lazat. What a great effort by Seth Jones, who is off his edges, to bring it now. In front to Strom. Kane with a shot and a score! On the power play! Hawks are back in this one. Gotta, gotta make sure that this play is onside. It was very close to being offside. Do the Hawks get back and tag up after the excellent play by Seth Jones? After a review, the play was onside. We have a good goal. Uh-huh. There we go. It's a goal for Patrick Kane and the Hawks. That goal stands. Patty Kane with his 26th goal on the year. He's got 65 assists, 91 points, approaching the the century mark here with a few games left to go. Uh, he still has plenty left in the tank, Brian Hanley. Yeah, no doubt about it. Still worth the price of admission most every night. So, And that's a selfish part of me, too, where... When people ask me, how are you going to do a rebuild and keep Patrick in the fray? The way I start that answer is because I could still see Patrick being a productive, great player when the team is competitive for Stanley Cup again, even if that is five years down the road. I think he's going to play till he's 40 or early 40s. That's just the way this guy's built. That's the way his game is not. It's not about this fast power game. It's about finesse. It's about his great hands. It's and about helping, you know, his assist. Yeah. yeah. He's not, uh, I mean, I'd like to see him shoot more. We've talked about that. But it's also about how much does he want to take in salary here so that Kyle Davidson has some uh, maneuvering room as you move forward here. Yeah, I, he'll take a little bit of a haircut. But again, if I keep telling you he's in the top 10 in points every year, I mean, he's only going to, he's going to say, well, like, yeah. W- what? 
Pat, I mean, Pat Brisson's agent's going to say, well, uh, we're not doing five, yeah, it, we're not doing six. His numbers aren't going down. They're yeah. staying relatively the same. So let's let's get into the UFAs and the RFAs that are upcoming for the Blackhawks. Are you going to bring them back or are you going to let them go? Just a reminder, a UFA can sign anywhere and the Hawks don't get any compensation. But a restricted free agent, if the Hawks don't match the offer sheet, they can get a compensatory draft pick based on what the player signs for. For example, if a player gets, like, say, $1.3 million to $2 million, you get a third-round pick. If it's $2 million to $4 million, you get a second-round pick. So there, uh, we'll use uh, Dylan Strome, for example. He's a restricted free agent, so the Hawks can match any offer. It's thought that he's going to, you know, the, his offer sheet is, uh, his qualifying offers around $3.6, $3.7 million. So if somebody did offer him $4 million, $4 million a year, you want the to get to 4.1, right? Yeah, you want to get over 4.1, then you'd get a first-round pick. So now you start playing with the thought of, okay, do I, if for a, 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 a draft that's going to be deep in two years, do I give up on a player like Dylan 25 Strong years old now. If I'm going to get yet another first round. That's how you begin to restock this organization with talent and do it rather quickly. What would you do with Dylan Strom? Just like I said... Cat is tied to Patrick Kane and thought Dylan Strom is certainly tied to those guys because as we saw this year, that's when he, flourishes. he only flourishes when he plays with high end talent like DeBrinket and Kane. Well, you know, twenty one goals, forty seven points, sixty five games. When we know what the first half of the season looked like, he was buried in the doghouse, and you didn't. You know, I, you thought just just trade him and get it over with in November, right? Do everyone a favor, certainly the player a favor, and uh, you know, even before Colleton got fired, you know, just just. It's not working out. It's not going to work out. Well, once Derek King got here, the second half of the season, a, a point-a-game type guy. You know, 25, I hear what you're saying about the first-round pick. Uh, I, tell me Patrick Kane stay, sticking around. Is DeBrinckit sticking around? I would like to see at least one more year of Dylan Strom. Now, I know you can't sign him to a one-year deal, right? And, right. And the qualifier is going to put him up into close to that first-round pick area if some other team wants him. Um, but can you... Is, minimum three-year deal what do you, what's the term on it because i still don't know what he is i mean i like what i've seen under the different circumstances He's a player, again that flourishes with high-end talent now ultimately you want players that can play Anywhere. up and down yeah. the line a little i mean look if you're top six forward you're top six forward you'd like I, to see him lead and not just be the in the sidecar well, with some right, with right. stars right? you know like if you put him out there with a kubalik or whatever you'd yeah. like to and, and that's another player that's a restricted free agent so yeah i i, I think he's a, the type of player but it's it's got to be the right situation and right fit for him and for a team that's in a rebuild so that's that, too that, many too many you know Intangible. I mean, look, you may need to bring, if you have a heart-to-heart with Patrick Kane, he says, look, I will sign an extension here, but I want you to assure me that the the centerman that I've had the most success with in the last couple of years, who got much better at the face-off circle, who puts up nearly a point per game when he plays with me, Dylan Strom, I'll come back if he comes back. And, and again, that type of conversation may happen. So if you're Kyle Davidson and you said you're going to keep Taves and, and Kane in the loop and have those, it's one thing to have those conversations and, and, and hear what they want and what they prefer and everything else. But the old adage is managers manage, coaches coach, and players play. At what point do you, do you acquiesce 
okay, I mean, how much do you want Patrick Kane to, if he's saying only if Dylan Strom's here, do I pick up the pen and sign? You got to be big picture and, right. and do what's right for the organization as well. So uh, as we move on to Dominic Kubalik, restricted free agent, making three point seven million this year. So nice coin. His qualifying offer is going to be uh, a shade above that. Uh, look, he had thirty goals as a rookie. Uh, he's had seventeen last year in the fifty-six game schedule. Fourteen this year. I think the outlier was his rookie year. I think what we've seen the last trending, two seasons. Trending in the wrong direction. Yeah, if you, in, if you flip those numbers around and, and this was year 30 in his walk year. Then, you, then you got now, some. Now his agent yeah. is, is having a conversation. I'm, I'm ready to part ways with Dominic Kubelik. Yeah, I just, I don't see any room at the end for, and, and 3.7 million. What do you come at? What do you even, uh, you know, the qualifier is about four arbitration eligible where do you even what kind of number do you put on the table for if they get to arbitration what does he put on the table what do you put on the table it can't be four million dollars no no it, not it, even is, close is it half that i mean it, it in in a perfect world yeah i mean yeah. but i i think he's going to be able to get more money elsewhere uh kirby doc is obviously somebody you're going to bring back he's a restricted free agent making uh nine hundred twenty five thousand dollars underwhelming season for kirby doc next That's year being polite Next year, Brian, is, for me, Pivotal. a critical year for Kirby Doc. You got to see some production from the third overall pick. A big, strong kid who played a lot on the third line this year. Um, he's got to play a more simple north-south game. Tell me what's going on in his He's head. not Trevor Zegras. He's not no. Connor McDavid. No, and, and I, he's not even Kirby Doc of a couple no, of years ago. No, I mean, he's not. You know, okay, concussion, wrist injury, the whole thing. Confidence, where's that at? You know, I, I don't want to switch positions. I, I mean, I just, I'd love to know... You, you know, what his therapist bill could be at this point. So what do you do? How do you, a former number three overall pick, how, do you, I mean, it's not insulting to say, well, we, we haven't, I mean, we can't say four or five years we're, that yeah. we're signing your phone. No, I, I mean, I, I, I would be all over his off-season training program. I would, I would have him, and he did. Before the bubble, he consulted with Patrick Kane's trainer here in Chicago, so much so that during quarantine, they did Zoom training sessions. I would have him go back to him for, for starters. I would. Uh, it also talks about who's going to be the coach of this team next right. year. Is it Derek King, or is it going to be a, a another coach who who hangs their hat on development and really works with younger players? And if that's the case, there better be some synergy between this new head coach. And, you know, their, their prize pick of, of a few years ago. So Doc is back, but next year's a big year. Kurashev, restricted free agent. See you, Phil. Thanks for coming. Hmm. I, I, I mean, only if. He's if, not going to cost you anything. Yeah, if, if he costs you a million. That's it. Stop four, at a million. I don't, I think he's going to get more than that, but. Okay, I mean, if it's closer to one five, no. But yeah, if it's I, close to a million, uh, why not? I just think he's a guy. He's a, well, you it know? could be. You know, but you have I, a lot this, of guys next year. But I already know he's a guy. I'd like to see somebody from Rockford who's teetering between the two. And, 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 and maybe that guy is the next Brandon Hagel. Or I, 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 I would lean towards keeping him keeping busy. He's cheap okay. and he's young, and, and you give him half a season next year and see where it goes. Sam Lafferty loved what oh, I saw from absolutely. him. He's coming back for sure. I mean, Does he know, want to come back? Well, yeah, I think he does. I mean, this team is, is the one team that gave him an opportunity. But Lafferty is 20, 
seven years of age, okay? So this is not this is the this time is an important cash. contract, right? Because when you get to 30 in the National Hockey League, the GMs start looking at you a little cross-eyed. Yep, yep. So, so he may be holding out for every dollar he can get. So to your point, does he want to stay here or chase the dollar? I think... You know, look, he knows this is a rebuild. I'd, He's like gonna, have, I'd like to have five or six of these guys on my team. I think you could get him for what you're paying Brandon Hagel or what you offered to Brandon Hagel. Million five a year. Well, that works for, for me, yeah, but, so. but if he's thinking two five, well, then maybe some other team was willing to do that. Calvin DeHaan, UFA, he's gone. I'm just uh, look, he, had really, he didn't get traded, he, and they tried. Yeah, they tried. Um, you know, that was the, the other thing too. Kyle Davidson didn't want to start his tenure as general manager of the Blackhawks giving players away. You know, he didn't want his reputation to be like, ah, just hold just out. Just pick up the he, phone, he, yeah. He says he wants a three, but yeah. he'll really take a fifth-rounder. You know, so that's why uh, DeHaan stayed, because the offers were just too low. Uh, Caleb Jones, that's another. Look, we're going to see some young defensemen next year join this team, whether it's Ian Mitchell, whether it's Alec Regula, where it's, whether it's Alex Flasick, who both had their first goals of the hey, their been, NHL the last careers this six, week. seven games, they've and, been really, really good. And, and and what a revelation. A big defenseman. There you go. A, in a league where you look at the teams that are successful, like Tampa, like Florida, like Colorado, who have big bodies up and down their lineup, it's nice to see some big bodies on the back end for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and I, I you know, I, I, right now I want to see as many young guys on that blue line as you can and as many minutes as you can get them. Quick question. Colin Delia or Kevin Lankin? Both are UFAs. Uh, I, I, to me... Only because I'm in his book club, I'm going with Kevin Lankin. You are? No. <laughs> this, it's been a tough year. Yeah. It, it's really been a... Str- I, I mean, I like Colin's... Stature, big. I mean, he's a bigger goalie. Right. He takes up more when he's in the butterfly. Uh, Kevin seems to give up a lot of goals. And he last loses year, you his thought, net quite a bit. Last year, you thought, okay, he's thrown in the fire. He, I mean, he's the reason they're winning early. And then he seemed to hit a wall. And uh, you know, did he get with Mark Andre Fleury? What opportunity? The, op- the opportunity is here now, and it hasn't been very good. Although he shows you flashes, he'll, he'll make the great save, and here comes the rebound. Right so by him. if you had to pick one. For next year. I'm going Lincoln. Going Lincoln. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go Delia, and I'm going to go out and find a journeyman type goalie, yeah, 37 go, go, years of age. Some guy who's good transition. in the room. Yeah, yeah who's, exactly. Who can set a tone. Up next, the great Eddie Olchek joins the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN1000. The Hockey Show. This is ESPN1000, Chicago's home for sports. Rolling on on The Hockey Show on ESPN1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle, coming to you from the First Midwest Bank Studios in downtown Chicago, Thanks to our great sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park, who've been with us all season long. It is our pleasure to welcome in good old number 16. You uh, see him on TNT and, of course, on Chicago Blackhawks broadcast on NBC Sports Chicago. He is the one and only Eddie Olchek. How you doing, Eddie? 
PB, Brian, nice to be with you guys. Thanks for having me. Hope you're both well. We're well, and you know, it's it was a somber week in the National Hockey League with the passing of yeah. Mike Bossy, and then on Friday, Guy yeah. Lafleur. If you were, if you're in your mid forties or, or, or late forties and older, and you yeah. fell in love with this sport in the seventies, Mike Bossy and Guy Lafleur yeah. were. Mm. You know, were your Sids and your your Canes, and you know yeah. they they were the guys that you had posters on the wall of the bedroom. Yeah, prolific uh, goal scorers, both uh, both right wingers. Uh, I've said over the years, PB. I think that Mike Bossy invented the five hole. Uh, he scored more goals on goaltenders between their legs. I think. Uh, you know, I mean, anybody that I've ever seen, I mean, think about it. I mean, his career cut short because of back issues. I mean, nine straight 50-goal seasons. And, you know, look at, I mean, Guy Lafleur taking first overall and, you know, being a French-Canadian and, and, and going to, uh, you know, play for the Canadians and Jean Beliveau going out the door and here comes Guy Lafleur and, uh, you know, winning, what, five cups or whatever the number was. Uh yeah, it's just yeah, it has been. It's been uh, it's been uh, it's been tough here recently. And the Islanders also lost Clark Gillies, uh, you know, a guy that was a part of the four Stanley Cups there with the Islanders as well. So the uh, the alumni, the NHL alumni, which a former National Hockey League goaltender and a former teammate of mine with the Rangers, Glenn Healy, is in charge of. Uh, it's been tough. It's it's been a tough go, and you know we've got we got a lot of. Uh, a lot of our alumni that are in battles, and uh, one of them very close to home here with uh, with our great friend, the great Troy Murray. So uh, we're thinking about everybody. We're thinking about their families. But yeah, it's been a it's been a tough week uh, for 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 us guys that are part of the NHL alumni. But look at two guys that are through and through hockey hall of famers, and um, you know you get a chance to go on that thing called the World Wide Web and, and see some highlights of those two guys. Uh, you could see why uh, you know people in that era would fall in love with uh, with the game of hockey because those two guys played it a certain way and uh, were able to finish. So um, a uh, a tough goal right now for the NHL alumni and obviously the National Hockey League and all of its uh, teams and, and fans. But a week ago, Edzo, it started out great because we celebrated the uh, great Pat Foley's career and yeah. a tip of the uh, the stick, a um, tap on the ice uh, for you because you <laughs> you did a terrific job uh, getting that night going and uh, and ending the night with the big toast. And I'll tell you, the uh, "Don't Make Me Cry" Oprah line still stays with me. That was a great interview. I really learned a lot about the chemistry that the, the, you two shared throughout your career. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, Brian. It was. Uh... You know, I mean, we knew that night was coming. Um, you know, Pat and I talked about, uh, you know, let's let's try to keep it light, tell some stories, because if not, uh, you know, we uh, might be some waterfalls coming for the first time from uh, from Pat's boots. Uh, you know, but I mean, uh, you know, I think I went sideways for maybe about 15, 20 seconds where we got choked up. But, um, you know, I look at I, I thought the Blackhawks, uh with Rocky and Danny and, and, and uh, Rocky and Danny Wurtz and, and Jamie Faulkner and their entire staff of putting on the evening and and really celebrating Pat the right way. I mean, I, I thought it was on a scale of one to ten. I thought it was a twelve or a thirteen from the broadcast to the in arena uh, celebration. And, yeah, how about uh, the players at the end at, at center ice yeah, and the, and the number yeah. one star and like 
If there was ever a perfect giveaway yeah. <laughs> for the night, the uh, yeah. the beer vessel yeah. was was absolutely yeah. <laughs> a home run. Yeah, yeah, they did it uh, 30, uh, 39 years or cheers to 39 years. And it was, uh, you know, look at it, it was a wide range of emotion for sure. I right. mean, look at it, it's, it's, I mean, look at that. It's, uh, uh, you know, thinking about the memories and, and, uh, you know, the friendship and the, and the family that we've become. And look, I've known Pat, as we've said, and, you know, that sit down you were talking about, Brian, that we did on NBC Sports Chicago, you know, just, it's, you know, I, I'd like to think our fans, um, you know, whatever happens after this year, um, we'll, we'll look back at, 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 at our relationship and go, that's how those guys are off the ice, the same way that they are on the broadcast. And, you know, we love the Blackhawks. Uh, we will die Blackhawks regardless of what happens moving forward. And, um, you know, I think to celebrate Pat was, uh, I'm just so proud to have been his partner and be there for his last game. And I think he, he went out, uh, you know, the way that he came in and couldn't be more proud of a Chicago guy to be able to live a childhood dream. And uh, it, was a, it was a great night, and uh, it couldn't have worked out any better. Hawks were looking to get off the schneid, and uh, finally, uh, you know, to go out the door, Pat was able to give it the Hawks win, Hawks win, <laughs> Hawks win, and... Uh, everybody went uh, had a bunch of happy humans go out the uh, go out that night. So it was uh, great to be a part of. Eddie Olchek joins us on the hockey show on ESPN 1000. Brian Hanley, Pap Oil, with you. All right, let's talk about this hockey team. It's been a tumultuous year. We will all agree. Uh, the direction has been defined. The rebuild is underway. Aggressive at the trade deadline. Great move, and you got to move Brandon Hagel uh, now. The job for Kyle Davidson is to figure out what other pieces are staying or what ones need to, to come to Chicago. And the, and the conversation he has with three players this summer, and you've been on both sides as the player and as management, uh, the conversation Kyle Davidson has with Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taze, and Alex Dabrinkit, who all enter the final year of their contracts, and what do you, how do you think that that conversation is going to go? Is it going to be unique to each individual? Because, you know, Kat's at the beginning of his career asking for whatever. Johnny's right. at a different spot. And Patrick's in a unique place himself. Right. Well, I mean, I think with the two veteran guys, I mean, obviously with Kaner and Johnny, I mean, they hold the keys to the camper on, you know, if, if they want to see this thing through or they want to try to, uh, you know, look at different options because they were given the no movement clauses and they and they hold the keys. It got a little bit different, um, you know, when it comes to qualifying offers and those type of things. So, you know, look, I, I think for for Kyle and for for Normie, Normie McIver, um, you know, they're going to look at this situation and and uh, you know have that dialogue. I'm sure 110 percent with those guys, and you know whether something comes of it, you know. Uh, a week after or at the draft or before training camp, I think, you know, I think everybody at Blackhawk fans will get a pretty, you know, a pretty good indication and a pretty clear path of, of, of what's going to take place. But again, the, you know, the players, you know, two of those three guys uh, dictate the terms and uh, it, it will be, you know, it'll be up to them if, 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 if they want to, if they want to change the scenery or do they want to see this thing out and, 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 and get some clarity for them to, to kind of see what the you know the big picture is, and I mean Kyle said from day one, and that was the plan. Is look at this is a full on rebuild, and you know we're looking for down the road, and 
I've gotten some really good assets, uh, not only drafts, but a couple of bodies that look like they can be some pieces here moving forward. But you know, is that you know two years from now? Is that five years from now? Uh, only time will tell. So yeah, that that you know to me, look at I, you know, look at it, it's it's eighty eight first and foremost. Like that that is you know that to me is the first. Uh, that's the first convo when the season is over and, and to figure that out. And then I think everything else will, you know, will take care of itself because look at I mean, Kaner has been, you know, he, he has carried this, this torch and has carried this team for a long, long time. And everybody's going to want to know what the hell is going on, right? Because his contract is going to expire at the end of next year and he becomes an UFA, he becomes an unrestricted free agent. And, you know, does he get to that stage or does he, you know, really, it's 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 really three things. PB and Bry, it's three things. He plays it out. Uh, you know, he dictates the terms on on, uh, on on where he goes, or you know, he stays and then you know eventually resigns. So I mean, there, there's those that those are the avenues, uh, and uh, we'll see. You know, that'll be the intriguing thing come uh, come the summertime on what happens with uh, you know with Gainer and then all the other dominoes. I think will will take. And, and one of those dominoes, Ed, as you well know, and we talked about it earlier in the show, Dylan Strom. You talk about yeah. a tail two seasons, and yeah. and now you know a point per game guy mm-hmm. in the second half. But is it because he's in the perfect world with the perfect line mates? Um, and, you know what? How do you, if you're Kyle Davidson and the staff, and you're self scouting? You know how much do you do? You, have you made a determination about whether he sticks around or not? At what cost and what you could get in return, perhaps? Well, I think that's what it is. Look, I, I, to me, uh, you know, nobody's asked me, but you know, I think anything is on the table, and that, and that, and, and that includes Dylan Strom. I mean, look at if, if somebody's gonna, you know, blow your doors off, or you know, you think you can get them for a, a for for a good price, uh, you know, on a shorter term deal. Well, then sign them up because you're gonna, you know, look, you're gonna need, you know, you're, you're gonna need to entertain and you're gonna need to play. I mean, you're gonna need guys that that you know that can play. And uh, he is, look, I said it. Often uh, here over the course of the last couple of months, without question, he has been the Blackhawks' best center iceman this year. And this is a guy that didn't even play probably what eight of the first twenty-five games or whatever. Yeah. And in some of those games, he was on the fourth line, and he was up and in the look, press I, box, I, elbowing you out of the out of the way yeah, for the uh, yeah, the media yeah, food for, for the press meal. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, look, I, I give Coach King, I give Derek King a lot of credit for for uh, for connecting with Dill. Uh, him staying with it and uh, and having the conversations and then getting a chance. Look, at it's you know people. You can look at it a couple of different ways. You know, yeah, you're on a line with DeBrinket and, and Kane, and you've been out there with those guys a lot. Well, yeah, but there have been a lot of guys that have had the chance to play with those guys too and uh, have have failed and uh, haven't been able to get it. It's not easy to play with world class players, and that's what those you know both those guys are. You know the chemistry that he has with with Alex DeBrincat is very special. And look at you need you got a guy that's sitting at forty goals. Uh, you got to have somebody that's able to get him the puck. Right, right. Dylan Strom can get him the puck. I mean that that's you know when you're a goal scorer, there's only so much you can do, right? I mean look at Kaner. You, you could argue. I mean you know Kaner has been the facilitator and the finisher for a long time. Um, you know playing wing. So, you know, that line has had some great nights and great chemistry and some big games. So, look, I, I think he's earned himself a contract. Now, whether it's here or not, I, that's, that's a fair question. But he, I think he has proven that he can play in this league and, and with an opportunity. And, 
and look, I, I learned this when I was when I was coaching in, in Pittsburgh, and 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 I and I even learned it towards the end of my career, where you know sometimes players or people in general are, are painted with a certain brush. Is that you know instead of looking at as as the former management team did and Jeremy Colleton did. Uh, looking at Dylan Strom, well, he can't do this, he can't do that, he, you know, we, you know, we can't use him here. Well, well, what the hell? How can we use him? We're paying him all this money. How, how do we use him? What can he do? Well, the guy is a power play guy. He makes the next right pass ninety nine percent of the time on a power play. He has great chemistry with Alex DeBrinket. Well, you know, you, you got to figure it out. And Coach King and his staff have, and they deserve a lot of credit for that. And and maybe look at maybe they've resurrected his career. You know, maybe Dylan's going to get, you know, you know, maybe he's going to get another three, four, five years in the National Hockey League because of this renaissance here. So I just think that it's it's just one of those situations where, you know, there is no perfect hockey player. Uh, everybody's got blemishes, and uh, you know, you, you have to be able to put those guys in situations where they're going to succeed, and if they take advantage of it and keep putting them in that situation. Some guys are specialists. Some guys can only play with certain guys. Well, if that's the reality and they're putting points on the board and they're doing what you expect them to do, well, then they should be in the lineup. So uh, it'll be interesting how it all plays out, but I think Dylan has is, is earned himself uh, uh, a contract here moving forward. Now, whether it's here or not, I have no idea, but I think that uh, he, is, uh, he has taken advantage of the opportunity and bounced back after really kind of being – you know, pushed off to the side for a period of time, and uh, he's battled, and his face-off percentage has gone up, and he's, like I said, he's a, he's in a really good spot right now, and I'm I'm really happy for him. Another minute with Eddie Olchek. Okay, Edzo, you're going to transition this week from the Blackhawks broadcast to uh, back to TNT for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Looking forward to having you and Nick Olchek in studio on Wednesday. Want to get your thoughts quickly on the East and the West. We got some really good first round matchups. That Toronto Tampa Bay matchup's going to be interesting to say the least after what yeah. happened the other night. The Minnesota St. Louis first round matchup is very intriguing yeah. in the West. Give yeah. me the two teams in the East, the two teams in the West that you think have the best odds to come out of uh, their Each bracket. Conference? Yeah. yeah. Um, I guess I got to go. I, got, I guess I got to go. Colorado and Calgary, and then in the East, I'll probably go. I'm going to go Florida. Man, oh man, I, the the Rangers. I mean, I, I look at I, the Rangers are absolutely just. I mean, they're steamrolling right now, and I, like I, I'd be hard pressed to go against them to not think that they can't get to the conference final with the way that Chesterkin's playing and goal for the Rangers. So. Uh, I know it's a little chalky, uh, Bry, when it comes to uh, you know favorites and the horse racing terms, but uh, I would probably go with Florida and the Rangers in the East, and uh, I'll go with uh, Colorado and Calgary out there in the West. But look at we're, we're you know when I say we, the National Hockey League and fan, like we're going to lose some really good teams oh, in the I know. first round. I mean, it's just yeah. the reality of yeah. it. Right? Yeah. It's, it's so competitive. And that's something that's got to change. The, these these forced two, three matchups in divisions, I, I don't think it's good, but yeah, I'll, I'll, look at, I'll, I'll save that school. for another day. I'd like, to see, I'd like to see one versus 16, two versus 15, and go back I, to that and see what the hell happens from there. All right. Hey, great, uh, as always, to talk to you. Appreciate you joining this show throughout the season, and we'll be watching you not only on NBC Sports Chicago, but on uh, TNT. 
Okay, boys. Keep up the great work. Love you guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for having me. Back to wrap up the hockey show after this. The ESPN 1000 Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to The Hockey Show with Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. Presented by Bettenhausen Automotive. On Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. Our thanks to Jay Cantu and the Puck Dalla was with us, graced us with his presence. Great Adam. Adam Abdallah joining us. Uh, thanks to Eddie Olchek. Of course, our title sponsor, Bettenhausen CDJR in Tinley Park. Uh, you're off to Vegas, huh? Yeah, I have to put a few uh, bucks down on uh, Cal- to. on Calgary Flames futures to win the Stanley Cup. And uh, my old buddy, Daryl Sutter, now that Edzo gave me the seal of approval to go ahead and, and get him at least to the uh, conference finals. All right, and we'll see you uh, next Saturday for our final installment of the Hockey Show for the 2021-22 campaign. Uh, coming up later tonight, it's Carmen Yurko night at the Wolves game. So if you're in the uh, Allstate Arena area, stop by and heckle them. They'll be on the ice. They'll be on the ice. And uh, I will be having something on ice as I get ready to broadcast pregame show between the Blackhawks and San Jose Sharks. That's at 630 tonight on NBC Sports Chicago. That's going to do it for the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. We'll see you next week. been listening to The Hockey Show, presented by Bettenhausen Automotive in Tinley Park and Orland Park. Did you miss something? Yeah, pretty sure you did. Podcasts are a click away on the ESPN Chicago app. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000.